And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast from the website, uh, C Comedy, like I just said. It's a website. Go there. It's been uh, at least a month since I've done this, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot the uh, the uh, what's it called? Uh, the protocol. The protocol to make this show. But you know what? We got uh, same battle station. New ways of doing this show. So we're booking it. What's been going on with me? I bought a mattress. Bought a new mattress. Needed one. My other one had a very deep divot in it. From I'll say it. Day two of <laughs> I owned it in 2015. <laughs> no, excuse me, 2014 rather. Yeah, so for seven odd years, some some odd years, I've been sleeping on a mattress with a, a deep little, uh, not deep, yeah, yeah it, was, it got deeper over the years, a small little hole, not hole, divot uh, in the middle because the springs were bad and it's a bad mattress, but now we're living, we're living a lap of luxury, we got a Lisa, lap of luxury with Lisa, and uh, you know what, this is not a sponsored episode and, and this show will never be sponsored <laughs> But God bless it, I love my Lisa mattress. President's Day, oh, President's Day. Thank you, presidents, for being presidents so that we could get these sales, these mattress sales. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you've done for us, presidents. Yes. That's what they do, right? Presidents serve so that we may have sales. It's the only reason. What else is going on? Uh, let's see. I got a new app for the uh, Mac OS platform uh, that will help me. That helps. Uh, truly, it truly, it's an app that makes it more like a Windows PC. A Windows PC, <laughs> more like a PC uh, that snaps your uh, your Windows or or what have you to the edges like you're on a PC. That's it, and it costs eight dollars. God, but man. Using it now, I can see I can see everything I need to see on my twenty-three inch screen. Or twenty-seven. I think it's twenty-three. I had a TV growing up. It was a tube TV that was uh I think maybe twenty inches, maybe less than that. It was t- it was small, but it was the TV I had my entire life. Uh and I do believe it is the reason why I have poor eyesight now because uh, I would like it was. I would have to sit so close to it because it was such a small TV. <laughs> oh no no no! I I remember this is the reason why I think I have poor eyesight because when Mass Effect and Mass Effect Two came out on the Xbox 360, I had to sit so close to it. Like this, like those were the last consoles, Xbox 360 and the PS3 and the Wii that had uh, composite cables. Like you could use composite with. I believe the Wii U, but so anyway, I had, I had, uh, I, I used, I used the uh, composite, I plugged it in 360 into my tube TV and I remember sitting so close to it so I could see the tiny, tiny text on Mass Effect 2. I specifically remember Mass Effect 2. And then, uh, and then when I went to college, I got a, maybe a 24 inch Samsung TV that was, uh, that had HDMI 720p. I remember that much. And I, I remember buying an HDMI cable for my 360, plugging it in, and just the entire world changed. <laughs> the entire world changed. Then I had, I'll take you through the lineage of my TVs. Uh, that same tube TV, 
Uh, I remember one time I was cleaning the glass of it and I sprayed the glass cleaner on it. And it, and it I remember watching this happen in real time. It, it was it was <laughs> dropping down <laughs> towards the buttons. And I remember going, I wonder what happens when it touches the buttons. It shorted out the TV, turned the volume up all the way. And I remember freaking out, unplugging it, <laughs> plugging it back in. And the colors were messed up forever. <laughs> the colors were messed up forever. Oh my gosh, I was just watching a broken <laughs> tube TV for for years. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, okay, let's see, let's see. I got, I got the Samsung, had that for a bit. Uh, and then I got the I got this, the TV before this last one, this uh, Sharp, which I is still in my storage unit <laughs> for my apartment because <laughs> I was in there earlier uh, getting something so I could sell it to a young man. And... The, the TV is still there. I have to take it to my local recycling center, Charm, so that I may uh, recycle it. I have to pay to get that recycled. So I'm excited to do that. It's been in there for months. And then I have the LG C1, which is a fantastic TV. Oh, so beautiful, so crisp, so great. I love it so much. It's a fantastic, wonderful, wonderful. It's one of my favorite things I own. Uh, yeah, so then, the, oh, and then I have this uh, Vizio in my bedroom. Um, but that's it. That's on my TV lineage. I had a tube TV for the longest amount of time, and it just, who oh boy, man, that was a bad TV. Hey, let's get into this thing. Five minutes. Five minutes, we're talking. Let's get into this thing. This comes from The Wrap, and some of these stories are from uh, th- four weeks ago when I originally planned to do this episode, but a couple of them are from this week, so it's fine. LGBTQ characters and broadcast TV hit an all-time high for 2021-2022 season. Glad study finds written by Katie uh, Campion over at The Wrap. This is a very interesting, very interesting, very um, important thing that I bring up every single time I see one of these studies pop up. Uh, I, I love, I love seeing these stories, studies, these stories. Well, I, I love seeing these things, uh, especially stuff from Color of Change. But this comes from Glad's annual "Where Are We on TV?" report. Uh, it published on. Last Thursday, so I think it's I think it's important to to really talk about these and have them, uh, you know, not just gloss over the numbers and, and just say like, oh well, there's no queer people on TV, there's no women who are directing, there's no uh, uh, people of color who are writing or acting or whatever. We gotta we gotta champion what we have here, what we have here. The report says that of the seven hundred and seventy five. Series regular characters scheduled to appear on scripted broadcast primetime programming, 11.9% or 92 of them are LGBTQ+, which marks a 2.8% increase from last year in record high for television. Additionally, GLAAD reports that there are another 49 recurring LGBTQ characters across broadcast television, totaling 142, 141 LGBTQ characters overall. I love, I love powering through those letters. It's it's good to see that representation is ticking up ever so slightly, uh, and I, I, I do I, I like it I like it. I was thinking about this this morning actually, uh, unbeknownst of the story that I put on here, there are episodes of the show Big Mouth on Netflix, um, where at least for the first three seasons I believe where they um, uh, abandon the plot, the ongoing story arc and the plot line of uh, the the season, and they have the kids. Uh, what I describe as talk down to the audience <laughs> and, and, and describe something about, you know, gender identity and, and, pol- and sexual, uh, all that stuff. And, 
I think there's a better way to do it. And uh, I and shows like Supergirl did it poorly, and I think Big Mouth does it poorly. And uh, prove me wrong, but I don't like being talked out to. When a character, you know, is the lead of a show and they're funny, like just like the lead of a show, they're funny, and uh, and they happen to have a love life. Oh, also, they're queer. That makes sense. Nobody, it shouldn't be rubbed in somebody's face that uh, that's a character trait that a character is is gay. I don't like that. I want them to live the same way that the rest of the straight characters live. Uh, and that is uh, making the same mistakes that a straight character does. Holding secrets from their friends. Um, uh, 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 falling for somebody they shouldn't. I like it like that. I like it like... I like it... Uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, God. What is his name? I can see his face. His beautiful, handsome face. Let me see. Uh, he plays Blair on Black Monday. So, Andrew Randalls. Okay. Andrew Randalls. I love it that his character on Black Monday clearly gave from the outset, but he's married to a woman who is Casey, uh, Casey Wilson, uh, the wife and actor uh, of uh, the show creator David Casp. I just think that I think that's very funny. He's, uh, he's playing a straight man. And then later on, <laughs> we're like, like if you know Andrew Reynolds, oh, he's definitely a, a gay man. And uh, yeah, here we go. I, I like it like that. And shows like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, they, they handle it very well. Anyway, representation's going up. We need to go uh, more and higher. Let's do it, baby. This comes from the New York Times, next one. Surrounded by big tech, small podcast shops, swim with the sharks. This comes written by uh, Reggie... Ugwu. Ugwu? U-G-W-U. It's talking about how indie publishers uh, have to deal with the, or excuse me, indie companies, have to deal with uh, uh, bigger, bigger giants like Spotify and Amazon and Sirius who are buying up smaller companies, well, not even smaller, but smaller companies than them uh like amazon bought up wondery and spotify bought gimlet and Sirius bought ha- uh, earwolf <laughs> howl howl is what i said uh earwolf which is owned by you know whatever media company i am so sorry i just i should <laughs> should turn that off before i when i had a chance and so it's interesting it's it's, it's funny to see that you know, even even within this big world of uh, big pot, if you hear the Simpsons in the background, I'm sorry. I just I have the sh- the episodes of on FX. I have the TV on FX. That's what happens. And if I just got sounded clear, it's because I turned my mic up. <laughs> okay. So it, it's it's. You ha- you have to see how these smaller companies are able to, I I would not say thrive, but live in a world uh, where where some sh- where some shows like the Joe Rogan Show or uh, uh, that's what it's called <laughs> Joe Rogan Show, Dak Shepard's podcast they're bought and they're sold and they're put on exclusives and and you can't access it anywhere. But then these other ones they. The only way they can live is by putting all of their shows behind the paywall. And they also have to 
they ha- that's the only way they can survive. Put the shows behind a paywall, and then when they make something free, it comes at a cost. So they don't they have to put advertisers, but advertisers don't pay as much. And you know, as opposed to me going out and saying I'm going to buy a full season of a show or a full, and I'm still talking about podcasts here. So here's the example that a uh, CEO gives. If you're spending 500000 to make a show that doesn't have a very large built-in audience, you're not going to be making any money at first. So, that's, so let's say he, he this person gives about uh, 10 episodes for the first season, and that might get 600,000 da- $600, downloads per episode to break even with advertising alone. So you have to keep doing that. You have to keep building that. But again, you have to have that audience first. And a lot of these shows don't have that audience. And this is choosing, this is uh, talking to a company who I didn't even know existed. But they have their own imprint. And how dare I not mention the company? <laughs> that's, that's very rude. <laughs> it's a profile of a company uh, called Prologue Projects. Created by Leon Nefak. N-E-Y-F-A-K-H. I do not curse on this show. You would think that'd be an African guy, but it's not. It's a white guy. <laughs> but they're making, they're making uh, uh, real, real shows here. They originally partnered with Luminary, and who funded Luminary is the subscription platform, uh, podcast platform that has shows like Dave Chappelle's podcast and a bunch of other A-list celebrity podcasts as well uh, that I'm sure you could miss. Luminary funded. The, uh, the subscription podcast platform that funded the exclusively distributed the first four seasons of their original show of Prologue Project's original show fiasco had not chosen to renew that deal. So now they're having to do it on their own. And I, you know, I was thinking about this uh, luminary. I saw I saw an article that said uh, and I don't know if it's on here. I don't think it is luminary. I think the luminary CEO or somebody at luminary, a big executive said that uh, they're. They're doing well, like they're just doing just fine. And, and, you know, I see their lineup and if, if I was still like super into podcasts, like I was, you know, even uh, two years ago, then I would have, I would have jumped on that train immediately. Uh, But, you know, I just, now it's like everything, it's not special anymore. And there's no reason in continuing and continuing to, 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 to try to keep up with everything. And, when everybody has their own, like I saw, who was it? Uh, David Spade and, uh, oh, Jesus, uh, David Spade. It's not Martin Short. God, this is so bad. Let's see who it has. David Spade and Dana Carvey. They have a podcast, Fly on the Wall, and it's doing well. It's like, if you look at the, 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 the only reason I know it's doing well is because if you look at the ratings on uh, Apple Podcasts, that's an indication of, a show doing well and they have a lot of great people they've interviewed they've talked to john ham they've talked to tom hanks they've talked to speaking of tom hanks uh there's a podcast called dead eyes by from connor ratliff who tw- uh, like 20 some odd 20 years ago he did an audition for tom hanks uh the show what was that called the pacific what god now i gotta <laughs> now, this is this is taking too much this is taking too much of my time <laughs> all right dead eyes uh, Dead Eyes Podcast. Let's see. So what was the show that he did, that he auditioned for? So 
Connor auditioned for the show Band of Brothers, uh, the 2001 miniseries on HBO Band of Brothers, uh, and and apparently Tom Hanks said he had dead eyes. There's a whole story behind it, and I've I've heard this story for the past I would say four or five years, <laughs> just by you know following Connor and and his uh, story, his uh, career, and everything. But uh, Tom Hanks was just on the podcast this week, and it was a it was a very good conversation. Uh, where, where Connor got to talk to him about him saying there's dead eyes. Anyway, read the if you look at the if you look at the uh, Apple Podcast ratings, that's how you know a show is doing well. If you look at the ratings, they have a lot of ratings because um, you people take the time to rate a podcast. I mean, come on. So anyway, uh, I would I would have I would have pounced on that opportunity to listen to these shows or to subscribe to Luminary and spend five bucks a month and subscribe to Stitcher Premium and spend five bucks a month or. Uh, subscribe to Comedy Bang Bang World and 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 listen to all those shows. But now uh, there's just no point because it's all kind of just blending together, and uh, and that's how it feels to me. But you know that's up to the that's to the eye left in the eye of the uh, listener, or the beholder, and uh, truly, you know it's it's none of my business. <laughs> that's what everything is to me. It's none of my business. But I I do think that there is. You know, even I, I know I've been I've been kind of harsh on podcasts, especially um, to the podcasting medium, especially, you know, in my own time where where I've never told me about this, where I'm just like every time I see someone has a podcast, I go, God, like it's 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 a waste of time. Don't do it. Like so I've multiple people have approached me because I do this stupid show and they go. Uh, I, I, hey, I'm gonna do a pie. I'm like, I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't, don't. It's hard. It's hard. Don't. You're gonna, like, you, they think they're gonna make money, and they think, you know, they see all these people, all these uh, famous people out here making money, and and it's not like that. And uh, but but now it's like it's it's not special anymore. And there's just no. I'm not saying there's no point, but uh, it's uh, you find a way to make it your own if you're gonna do one, and uh, don't expect anything big from it. That's all I can tell you, because you know what? That's all I got for you. I don't know. Hey, listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, the rest of the story that I got. So we're going to, oh, you know, I haven't done this in a while. I pressed the going to break song, and la-di-da, it didn't work. On the back, on the back, three, two, one. Oh, my God. Uh, maybe I just left that the first part I just said in, and if I didn't, I, I you don't know what I'm laughing about. Nova's staring at me because it is time for her dinner. Hey, if you see, there's a if you're watching the video, <laughs> you'll see a new. There's a, a lot of things have not a lot of things. Just a couple of things have happened uh, over the course of me not doing this show for a little bit. Uh, so if you're watching the video, you can you're seeing the camera move over to uh, my left, which is now camera right. But you're seeing a new canvas painting that I have. I bought it in an antique store. It is a tiger, and it is the most colorful thing you've seen. The tigers are black and white, and uh, there's paint splatters all over uh, in the background and on the tiger itself. It's a it's a, it's a good piece of art. <laughs> I, I saw it. I saw it at this antique store. And I, <laughs> I passed it and I went, wow, this is pretty cool. I went, first I went, I went, whoa, this is pretty ugly. And then, and and then like five seconds passed and I go, actually, it's pretty cool. I think I want this. And then the person I'm with, I, I, we're just walking around. And I go, you think I should get this painting? 
And then I texted like two or three people. I go, uh, what do you think of this painting? And then before anybody responds, I go, I'm going to get this painting. And uh, yeah, so I spent a good 65 to, oh, well, yeah, hold on. I don't want to tell you how much I spent on it. <laughs> it's too late. I said 65. Anyway. That's what I got. I love it. It's a good. It's a good thing to have in the background of my meetings at uh, at uh, job place, job site. Is what I go. Hey, let's get into the stories again. We're getting all right. We're going into the world of streaming, so pe- be prepared. The first two stories are from this week, and the last three are from <laughs> the last three. The last like six are from like four weeks ago. Uh, but I think it's important. That I need to address it. This first one comes from the Hollywood Reporter. Oh, the uh, the app that uh, that I got for the Mac OS system that makes it snap pages. Uh, your open windows is called Magnet, I believe. <laughs> I felt that yes, Magnet. I felt that it was important that I mentioned it. <laughs> so here we go. This first story comes from the next story comes from Hollywood Reporter, written by J. Clara Chan and Alex Weprin. We know that guy. Love that guy. Uh, welcome to the uh, club, J. Clara Chan. NBC Universal ends Hulu content sharing deal. So, <laughs> you know what that means. Everything is going to Peacock, baby. You like watching SNL the next day? Peacock. You like watching American Auto the next day? Peacock. Law and Orders? Peacock. The Mindy Project? Peacock. Uh, uh, even though, oh my God, The Mindy Project. I was reading that off the cuff. I had no idea that that was an NBC uh, Universal produced show. It was on Fox, and uh, it didn't. It, Fox renewed it reluctantly for like three years, and then it moved to Hulu. And then Hulu was like, "Hey, we'll take it," because it was before uh, streaming exclusives were a thing. It's. I mean, it's a move that I, I thought I I could think was going to was going to show. Uh, you know, a couple of, and we'll get to, we're going to talk about Paramount in a couple of, in a minute or so, but uh, Paramount, Viacom, CBS, excuse me, I just, I broke the seal. Viacom, CBS, they, they mentioned how, uh, is it Bob Backish? The, they mentioned how it was better for them. This is, and this is maybe like less than six months ago or six months or so ago. They mentioned that it was better for them to have, you know, uh, their shows on uh, different platforms and and have and, and also have some of the stuff that they like that that they make on Paramount Plus. So what I mean is have South Park, go to Hulu or HBO Max, have uh oh God, what's another show? Uh have Star Trek shows, stream on Netflix, uh Prime and Hulu at the same time they're streaming on Paramount Plus. Uh but then in a, a couple of I a couple of weeks ago they the the article came out there like they said uh yeah we're we kind of regret sending south park over to hbo max you know and HBO, and south park's going to revert back to to paramount plus or revert to paramount plus in 3 2 or 3 years after that contract is up but for now hbo max gets the gets south park new south park episodes and you know what it's not like hulu you don't it's not next day you don't get it the next day you watch it the day after that which uh, I think stinks, but also South Park kind of stinks now, so not kind of it does. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the content deal for NBCU was going to near an end, was nearing an end date, and this is just a way to bolster what Peacock has. 
uh, available. Uh, you know what sucks is Amber Ruffin show came back, and now that show's behind the paywall on Peacock. It used to be a free show. I used to watch it every single week, but now i got to watch clips. I'm not paying for Peacock. I'm done paying for subscriptions. I'm done. And this next one is also about Peacock. It comes from the Wall Street Journal. It's an exclusive written by Benjamin Mullen. MSNBC will stream much of the TV lineup on Peacock. I also, I was was checking my email last night. I get a survey from Wall Street Journal. I love love doing the surveys because maybe they'll offer me something at the end. But I did, uh, and I I mean surveys for every for every company that I like pay. I will. I love doing a survey. Even like Target, love doing a survey. Hulu, love doing a survey. Uh, But for the Wall Street Journal survey, they talked about how they were introducing a, uh, oh God, what is it called? Uh, Like a young professionals subscription for the Wall Street Journal, and uh, they said it's going to be half the cost of a regular subscription plus. Okay, so half the cost, but then they're also they also asked at the end of the the survey they had a list of like ten things maybe, and it said what would be important for the subscription app access, uh, uh, access to save articles like simple stuff that a regular subscription should have, but yeah. Anyway, that be on the lookout for that within the coming I think I guess months. But I was for it. I said yes, this would be great. People under thirty five. If you're willing to read the Wall Street Journal like I am, then let's do it. Let's go. And maybe they could uh, 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 loosen up the conservativeness a little bit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Wall Street Journal. MSNBC will stream much of TV lineup on Peacock, written by Benjamin Mullen. So right now, there are, and I'm going to do an episode of News Time about this with a script <laughs> a couple in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks because CNN Plus is launching on March 29th, I think, something like that. Uh, so there is, so, so in April, April 4th, I believe I'm doing that episode. I've already planned it out. I'm planned out until mid-April. <laughs> and yet it takes me weeks to do one. Uh, don't worry, I've got three in the can right now. So beginning this spring shows like oh but okay so CNN Plus is coming out Fox News has their streaming service uh, every news network is going to have its own streaming service or cable news network is going to have its own streaming service at some point um, uh, including CBS uh, which will I don't know what they're doing through Paramount Plus but they got to do something I know I have it in my notes I don't care to look uh, and watch watch the episode of News Time when it comes out. But shows like Morning Joe, All In With Chris Hayes, The Readout, that's all going to be heading to Peacock. Not, It's going to be straight. You, I don't know if you're going to be able to stream it live, but it's going to be the next day thing. Uh, MSNBC President Rashida Jones uh, said in an interview that the streaming push will introduce the TV shows to viewers who watch the network's channel on Peacock, uh, which is now called The Choice. That's going to be phased out. The Choice is just a political thing. I guess it was the name they came up with, and it's a it's a bad brand name. But anyway, uh, some shows are not going to appear on the, the MSNBC's channel programming for Peacock. Rachel Maddow show, The Last Word, The Eleventh Hour. Is Eleventh Hour still going on? Uh, Brian left, so I don't know what, what's going on there. NBC Universal, NBC Universal. <laughs> Uh, this move is part of an effort by their chairman Caesar Conde to transition the or Cond the transition the company's news networks towards streaming as viewers cut the cable cord. I hate that sentence. 
The group's offerings include NBC News Now, an advertising-supported streaming service that is widely distributed on services, including Alphabet's YouTube and uh, Roku's Roku channel. So CNN Plus, again, like I said, is coming five ninety nine a month. It's gonna and it's gonna have the their biggest stars. Uh, Fox News started Fox Nation, and it's got uh, their biggest stars. So MSNBC is kind of late to the party, even though they should be the most hip to it. Uh, what does it say about CBS News? Oh, CBS News in January relaunched a streaming network, which now includes all of its broadcast programming and live round the clock coverage. And this this is a, a very smart move for them. This is I see this working in you know I guess in in all of their favors. Uh, so like with things like the uh, the, the Russian Ukraine war going on right now, and and you know uh, other presidents talking about how they've won elections, uh, capitals being stormed. I <laughs> you know the twenty four hour news cycle, of course, obviously is not the most popular thing going. Uh, but you know, some of us are applying for jobs there and we're watching our mouths. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, streaming, this is the next evolution for, for this new stuff. And, uh, it only, you know, at least with CNN plus, they're going to have a different, a differentiation in, in uh, programming. And from what I understand, so does Fox Nation. So hopefully Peacock's MSNBC channel can do the same thing. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got for that. Let's move on. This all is next all part of the all. It's all part is, is about Paramount Plus, baby. Paramount Plus. You hear that, Tiger? All right. Hi, Tiger. Like um, MJ from the original Spider-Man trilogy. The best Spider-Man trilogy. This one comes from Variety, written by Cynthia Littleton. Goodbye, Viacom and CBS. Viacom CBS changes corporate name to Paramount. So this makes sense. They want to create a brand strategy for or a combined brand for all of their uh, for all of their assets. When people see Viacom CBS, they go, "Who?" Especially like the regular person, they go, "What?" <laughs> Viacom CBS. I know CBS. What is Viacom? Comedy Central, uh, VH1, MTV. Oh, okay, that's Viacom. Why? <laughs> uh, and the, the Paramount makes sense. Paramount is a big name. and But when people see Disney, they know what's under the Disney umbrella. They know ABC, ESPN. They know Disney Channel, Disney Junior, where Bluey airs. I love Bluey. I watch it almost every single day. It's so funny. That's a true thing. I love Bluey. <laughs> and, and so them melding down into Paramount... Is a good thing. This is uh, for context. This is almost a month old. This comes from <laughs> February fifteenth. <laughs> That's what I was planning on doing this episode, <laughs> but time slipped away. And in that announcement, they mentioned this comes from Variety, written by Jennifer Moss. Paramount Plus Showtime top fifty six million subscribers combined at the end of twenty twenty one. Now CBS All Access which is now Paramount Plus, had a head start on all of the current streamers, save for Hulu and Netflix. And for all the paid streamers, rather, I guess, um, that came after Hulu and Netflix. <laughs> and the combined subscription count, what was that? The combined subscription count is not something that uh, should be balked. Uh, we, it's just commonplace for something that's a, essentially a bundle. 
you know, they're they're just saying, hey, since we're Paramount, we can put everything under one banner. Uh, so uh, so Disney Plus, so Disney can say Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN's uh, subscriptions, which are one hundred and twenty nine point eight million for Disney Plus, Hulu with forty five point three million, and ESPN Plus with twenty one point three million. They can they can say to investors, these are all our subscribers. It doesn't matter where they came from. It doesn't matter what service they use. These are the people. These are the ones that matter they all matter most they all matter together because that's what it means when you're fighting a world that has netflix and the leader as at uh as of december 20 2021 at 221.8 million so discovery is coming up next uh after paramount so it's netflix disney paramount discovery with 22 million that includes discovery plus food network kitchen as well as their other insular ones and i i can only assume that those will be melded with hbo max in the in the after the merger in april which has been okayed hbo max has 43.3 million so add on that 22 million that brings it to 65.3 and they'll have more than paramount and they'll automatically uh discover warner media will already uh, or warner media discover whichever the heck is going to be called is going to be immediately surpassing Paramount. Peacock's up there with nine million, with nine million paid, twenty four point five million monthly active because it's a free service. And then Paramount, oh Prime Video rather, two hundred million plus Prime members. Uh, that does not say how many people are using it. And Apple TV Plus, roughly forty million subscribers per the information does not, but that's from September, and it does not know whether people are watching it. Now I will say. Uh, literally 20 minutes before I was just started recording the show, I was watching, um, severance over there on Apple TV plus. And, and then I was scrolling through all of the shows they have and the movies. And I just thought, you know what? I like Apple TV plus a lot. I think Apple TV plus is a good streamer. It should not exist, but I think it's a good streamer. <laughs> it shouldn't exist. They should, they should be producers, but such is life. They're making a car. So the uh, Paramount Plus subscribers rise, and eventually you're going to be seeing, this comes from The Hollywood Reporter, uh, written by Pamela McClintock, Paramount Plus is going to stream all sister studio movies beginning in 2024. Paramount Pictures presently licenses both its Paramount Plus and Epix, uh, to both Paramount Plus and Epix during the pay one window. So you'll see a lot of movies up like uh, Snake, Snake Eyes, the G.I. Joe spinoff, uh, that was made for some reason and that I want to see for many reasons. <laughs> it looks like a cool movie. And uh, there it appears on Epics. You'll see a bunch of movies that go to Epics first. Sometimes they're split between Epics and Hulu and Epics and uh, Paramount Plus. And I think that's just how Epics generally keeps it. Epics is a, it stays afloat. Epics is a, um, uh, <laughs> a cable network that's like HBO and Showtime and Stars, but worse. <laughs> That being said, hey, Epics, I'll make a show for you, baby. I know you got Harlem or some other shows over there. <laughs> I'll do it. But we're eventually just going to see what Disney does, what uh, HBO, which what uh, Warner does with on HBO Max. We're just going to, we're eventually going to see movies just appear on Paramount Plus after their, uh, for, for their uh, day one pay one windows or whatever they're called. 
oh, what's coming on after this? And then we'll see. This comes from the Hollywood Reporter. This all came the same day. I swear. This all came the same day because they had their uh, their reports, their monthly reports or quarterly reports. Written by Leslie Goldberg, my dear friend. Don't know why I looked up and pointed. <laughs> She's not dead. <laughs> Showtime Originals to join Paramount Plus for a fee. Right now, just like... Okay, so Disney Plus, you get the Disney bundle if you want. You get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. Uh, on Hulu, you can subscribe to... On Hulu and Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to different channels and have uh, HBO, Stars, Showtime, whatever. Amazon, you can also do Shudder and, and AMC Plus, which are the same thing, <laughs> and uh, and Discovery Plus and all this stuff. Uh and and or on Peacock and Paramount Plus you can do uh and Hulu you can do an ad tier or a free tier in the case of Peacock, a free tier and ad ad tier or no ad tier. That's gonna be extended into what they're calling the Paramount Plus Essential Tier and the Showtime Service. With an uh which is uh show the the Paramount Plus Essential Tier is gonna be twelve dollars. Uh, and then the ad-free version with Par- with Showtime is going to be 15 And you're going to get some Showtime shows. I don't believe it's all of them. But this summer, you're going to start seeing Showtime shows appear on Paramount Plus uh, as kind of an incentive to have that. The, all the while, all the while, you're going to be able to subscribe to Showtime still. Um, but I think I think it's going to be, obviously, they're, they're phasing out the Showtime Anytime app and the Showtime app. Uh, which are two different apps. Show just like HBO and HB, HBO Now and HBO Go. Uh, Showtime Anytime and Showtime are two different apps. Showtime Anytime is the one you subscribe to, the one you use if you have cable. Showtime is just the one you subscribe to. So we're gonna see shows like Thesis and Miro and Yellow Jackets and Dexter New Blood uh, live on Paramount Plus uh, for an extra fee, and that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, it's high time they do this. I think with that, with the with the uh, the rebranding that happened this past summer, I think that's what they should have done in the first place. That's what their initial thoughts should have been. Uh, just because what it amounted to was, hey, we're adding Comedy Central shows to CBS All Access. We're changing the name from CBS All Access to Paramount Plus, and boom, now you can watch a lot more, a few more things. And they had those commercials where all the characters and people and Gail King were walking up a mountain. And this is like, Paramount Plus, we're here. <laughs> and uh, they're queer. Get used to it. Uh, but they should have, Showtime should have been in the additional uh, run of that. They should have brought over Dexter. They should have brought over Jesus and Miro to join the late night lineup uh, and get rid of freaking Charlemagne the God. <laughs> so Showtime originals will be showing up soon. And as I mentioned before, South Park uh, and um, Beavis and Butthead are going to be streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. I don't know if I mentioned the Beavis and Butthead part. I definitely did not, but here we go. And so that's what's going on with Paramount+. Plus. That's what's going on with uh, uh, Paramount itself. They're trying to they're trying to fight back Netflix and Disney, and I think I think at right now their main competition, and it's it's truly not competition. I mean, people are going to subscribe to these are the these are the big players, and only the only people they have to worry about fending off is stars, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> Lionsgate is uh you know, 
I would love to see Lionsgate sell stars off and so we could kill stars. And <laughs> Actually, no, they have a lot of good stuff. Uh, the Girlfriend Experience, American Gods, uh, two shows I watched three episodes of and have not made it back to. <laughs> hey, listen, if you like what you heard here, don't know why you would. Head over to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where there's some stuff that maybe you'll like. Who knows? You can, uh, if you want to see a video version of the show, head to youtube.com slash cpluscomedy. We can see news time. Uh, there are three episodes coming your way. I'm looking at their at their docs, their Google Docs right now. One's about Russia, Ukraine, and the uh, entertainment industry. One's about uh, doing shows during the pandemic, uh, getting jobs done getting tv shows done during the pandemic and movies during the pandemic and a bunch of npr people of color uh left npr because they don't know what to do the company does not know what to do organization whatever anyway i uh, instagram twitter at seafless comedy me on both of those at chad black white like us on facebook rate review subscribe you see how important i just told you it was Rate, review, subscribe to the show. Thank you for listening. And uh, there's no clever thing for me to say here. So, oh God, I pressed the button again without pressing the... All right, whatever. Here we go.